there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And today we have a special guest. One of the funniest people I know. A man who would give his left arm to help basically anybody he could. My father. Hal Eisenberg. Woo! Thank you guys for having me. My, only my left arm, though, not my right arm. No. Yeah, no, you need that. You, you need your dominant arm. <laughs> I, need, I, I need my right arm, but you can have my left arm. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe we're doing this today. I'm super, super, super excited. <laughs> so, Scott, what movie did we choose to watch with your dad today? Well, we chose the 80s classic, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I watched this movie because my dad used to tell a story that back in his high school days, people would call him Spicoli. Hopefully just by aesthetic and not by behavior. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I definitely didn't have Sean Penn's body in that movie, right? You know, I would love to sit down with Cameron Crowe and like have a conversation about how he chose like his images of these characters because, you know, the movie is actually, you know, based on, on his book. But Sean Penn like definitely worked out for that movie, which is kind of like opposite the stereotype of like a typical like pothead, I would think, you know? Yeah. Well, it's just so funny when you look at like Sean Penn now to Sean Penn here, he's now like the dramatic actor you see in like Milk. Yeah, but that's what I said like the first time I saw him in the movie. I'm like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> you're so used to seeing him in more serious dramatic roles as of like maybe the past 10 years or whatever. And I don't know if Fast Times was his first movie, but it was definitely like early on in his career. And it's so weird. The I don't know what you would call it, the synchronicity that I have with Sean Penn, because obviously as a kid, I was called Spicoli all the time because of the long, blonde, flowy hair. Right. And getting myself in trouble in high school for other reasons. But but other than that, um, later on, he became super, super active in um, doing work with with Haiti and, and the earthquake, which I also did with my agency. So when I went down to Haiti, like Sean Penn was like legendary. His name came up like everywhere we went, you know. So I just found that like really interesting. It's almost like the guy is like stalking me or something. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking in my head. <laughs> Sean Penn is stalking my father. Allegedly. 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 We don't want to get sued. <laughs> so, Dad, what was your first experiences with Fast Times? When did you first see it? What was your original reaction to this movie? It's so interesting because I, I watched the movie a week ago. And obviously, I had a different reaction now being in a different stage of my life. Actually, like intellectualizing it, you know, to some extent. But when I first saw it, I was 10, 11 years old. I was in my bedroom. My dad was literally on the recliner. I, I could see it clearly. And, you know, I, it was past my bedtime. And, you know, it was literally me. Like, I heard, like, some noises. And I, like, snuck out of my bed. And I cracked the door open. And I was like, ooh, what's this? Like, naked women, you know? <laughs> it was literally the first rated our movie like I saw, which is really interesting as well, because, you know, that's kind of what the movie is somewhat about. It's definitely a coming of age story. I got to be honest, I was expecting something totally different. 
when I buckled up to watch this movie. I grew up with like the 80s classics like, you know, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, that kind of thing. And I found I when I was doing my research, I found out that this movie was in the National Film Registry. And I'm like, oh, this must be really good. And I'm sure some people think it's really good. I did it. <laughs> well, in, I did it. Well, in, <laughs> I didn't like it. Well, in the same breath, Armageddon has a Criterion Collection thing, so. I, I really don't think that the animal cracker qualifies as a cracker. Why? Well, because it's sweet, which to me suggests cookie, and, you know, me putting cheese on something is sort of the defining characteristic of what makes a cracker a cracker. Okay. That's, I understand what you're saying. I was expecting something more along the lines of fucking Breakfast Club or a John Hughes-esque type thing, and I got Porky's. No, you didn't get Porky's. I got Porky's, no, Porky's. and I felt accosted. Porky's is so much worse than this. I hated everyone. I liked Spicoli for like five minutes, and then I went back to hating him again. We went on a roller coaster, Spicoli and I, but yeah, I just hated everyone. But you know what's so interesting about that time period is, and I love that you brought up, you know, Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's, because St. Elmo's is my movie, right? Like, there is such a difference between the coming of age of the early 80s, like, like 1978 to 1982 teenage world is so different than 1986 to 1988, which you, you wouldn't think, but those two movies captured those teenage worlds completely differently but also very very accurately well i even think as you go on the high school drama slash sex comedy slash coming of age story when you get things like american pie and those movies that we have now it's so weird looking back because you almost can't relate to certain things if you grew up in that era like even movies like today which like I gotta show Frankie uh, with dope mm. is another high school coming of age story but it's so different compared to Fast Times or American Pie because it's a different world right I get you now I'm an educator so watching the movie last week I have a different perspective but it's so interesting if you put those movies in linear order and their accurate portrayals of what teenagers are thinking or doing, you know, how much have we progressed in our education system and how we're preparing our youth to be, you know, global citizens of tomorrow, looking at how they were from Fast Times at Richmond High all the way up to the current movies that are portraying our youth. Which is really why I would love to sit down with Cameron Crowe. And I didn't do any research on Cameron Crowe, if there's any interviews on this at all. But, you know, this movie was based on his book, based on his real life high school experience. And I think it was Claremont High. Yeah, well, he actually, he went undercover, quote unquote, at Claremont High in San Diego. And that's what he based his book on. And then this was his first movie ever. So... I mean, right out the gate, I think he he made his impact for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like looking at this movie now, I could see where you're coming from, Frankie. Like there are things that are just like, what? Like they didn't cover these issues well. But when the movie came out, if you think about the times, like it was really, really super brave to tackle the abortion issue. 
you know, that was a topic you you didn't touch back then. I love the scene where Jennifer Jason Leigh's character, Stacey Hamilton, sneaks out of the bedroom, right? And she's going to meet the older guy, right? Behind her is this graffiti wall, and it's painted Wasted Youth, which Wasted Youth is a punk rock band from, from Britain, right? But it, it's these, like, subtle references of, like, trying to send a message about what was going on in this time. That's how youth were looked at, you know, are are we wasting away? You know, what's the story behind what we're capturing with these characters in this movie? You know, what are they doing? How are they progressing? You know, how are they moving forward? Forget it. I can go on for days about Mr. Hand because I love Mr. Hand's character. So this movie as we said, was written by Cameron Crowe, but it was also directed by Amy Heckerling. This was her film debut as well, which I kind of thought was funny that it was a female director doing this and it's this, this like fucking raunchy ass sex quote unquote comedy. But <laughs> I was like, okay. Hey, you know what? That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. I mean, girl power. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, it's always interesting when you get like female directors doing something that I guess you wouldn't necessarily think as a female-led movie, this, uh, I, I automatically think of Slumber Party Massacre with the slasher genre, <laughs> because that's also directed by a woman and stars pretty much all women. And even to, like, today, where we get, like, superhero movies that have generally just started being directed by women. Yeah. And a fun fact, David Lynch was actually offered to direct at first. <laughs> that would have been a weird fucking movie. <laughs> he, he was quoted as saying that the script was funny, but not his thing, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> yes. It's so weird to me, even thinking about my childhood and watching Fast Times, and even now looking back at it from a more, I don't know, a, a more evolved perspective from my life experiences, I would not attach the the theme comedy to it like i didn't find the movie funny at all either time i watched it i only had one like big laugh and we'll talk about it when we get there but other than that yeah i didn't laugh a lot i I still got some laughs out of it i enjoyed certain things especially with spicoli and certain other like little aspects to it this by the way i know we keep talking about spicoli but he's not the only one this cast has a lot of like yeah Judge Reinhold uh, is in it for he's a big character. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Jennifer Jason. We mentioned. You know, uh, Forrest Whitaker has like a small ass part in it, but he's so young; it's ridiculous yeah. how young he looks. Well, young Nick Cage also pops yes. up very briefly <laughs> because it's an '80s movie. Um, of course, they did a TV show. Of course. Based on based on Fast Times, a whopping seven episodes in 1986. That's better than the Ferris Bueller TV show. Yeah. Actually, Mr. Hand, the actor who played Mr. Hand, was in the TV show, as well as the actor who played Mr. Vargas. But other than that, everybody else was recast. Patrick Dempsey played Damone. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that at all. Because they wanted to make a Spicoli Goes to College sequel. But it just never worked out, so they did that instead, <laughs> and it didn't work out, so it just wasn't meant to be. Hear me out, Sean Penn. If you could get Sean Penn now, just be like, "Hey, you want to just get a fuck off movie and just be Spicoli at fifty, going oh, back to college?" No, 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 no. I think if they were gonna do anything, <laughs> they would remake Fast Times like in current day and make Sean Penn Mr. Hand. That would be actually really awesome. <laughs> That would be interesting. I could see that. 
I don't know if he would do it, though. I think he's kind of over that shit. Maybe if he wasn't Spicoli, maybe he'd want to do it. But I feel like if someone asked, hey, you want to be 50-year-old Spicoli? He'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? I have fucking two Oscars, sir. (laughs) I'm not doing that shit. He's probably one of the most well-known movie stoners. Yeah, I would say so. I would say the probably the originator of what became the stoner character would probably be Shaggy Rogers. Well, yeah, but that was like a cartoon and it was never specifically said that he's a stoner because like kids fucking cartoon. (laughs) But I actually want to give Sean Penn a little bit credit because if you actually now looking back like from his career, like if he had only ever did Spicoli and never became the actor that he was, you would think like, okay, this guy was like, just you know typecasted and and an idiot but now when you see like how talented he is based on his amazing career he really gave substance and structure to the stereotype of a pothead i don't believe that there was a movie that elevated that stereotype to the extent that sean penn's spicoli character did which i think is actually genius acting I mean, I don't know. I would agree and disagree with the uh, with the idea that Spicoli elevated anything. <laughs> We're going to get into it, it, it more in depth as we go through the movie, right? But like, the, I fuck it. Like, oh my God. Like the second he started talking, I was like, I'm not going to like this person. <laughs> no, no, no. And then like every time he would spar with Mr. Hand, I'd be like, okay, I like you but then he would have like he had a fucking dream sequence where he was being interviewed on the news as like a surfer and I'm like I want to kill myself (laughs) please make him stop talking (laughs) Scott do you want to get into the nitty gritty now yes let's get into the nitty gritty this movie just as a warning for anyone who hasn't seen it who's just listening to us rant about it this movie doesn't really have a straightforward narrative it's oh I thought you were gonna give like a trigger warning which we probably should do anyway (laughs) If you've experienced anything slightly negative in a sexual way, you might have some uncomfortable feelings listening to this. So just be warned. (laughs) But yeah, this is a very all over the place kind of movie. If we miss a part, we might come back to it later because it doesn't really matter. Nothing matters. It's, It's fucking Loki in the apocalypse. Nothing matters! Nothing has any consequence! So we open up with... They got the beat. Oh my god, I was so happy. (laughs) The one fucking thing that I will give this movie is that the soundtrack is fucking cool. And we listened to it over and over as kids, you know? As a matter of fact, my band that that I'm filling in for on drums now actually still does American Girl, and it still goes over big. Like, it's still a, a, a typical popular bar song. The theme of the movie is We Got the Beat by the Go-Go's, which I didn't know that like this movie is what made that song big, but it went number one in 1982 after this movie came out, which is pretty cool. I love that song. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun song. It sets you up for a fun kind of movie. And we cut to the mall. Where we meet our lead females, we meet Damone, we meet Rat, we meet a lot of people here. And I hate all of them. (laughs) But I thought one of the interesting things, because we mentioned that this movie is directed by a female director, is we have the women talking about the guys. 
that wasn't surprising for no, me. That's Girls do that. <laughs> I, I know that, dear. It's so often that in these movies, it's the guys going, oh, yo, check out that Oh, chick well, they ass. certainly do. They do, but it starts with the women saying, yo, that guy's fucking hot, man. And they talked about having sex with this 26-year-old guy. Ew. I thought the 26-year-old dude was going to be a more major character at first. So I was like, oh, God, is this going to end with 15-year-old Jennifer Jason Lee, who plays Stacy in this movie? Are they going to have the sex? No. No. And Scott was just looking at me like, oh, boy, this is not going to go well. The moment she, like, walks up to him and tells him, oh, yeah, I'm 19. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. You know, that's one of those issues where I feel like the movie fell short, right? It's it's almost like they kind of only brushed over it. They kind of like put their toe in the water to touch the issue. And then they were like, okay, that's it. <laughs> First of all, he's 26 years old. He's a grown ass man. And he takes this girl to a fucking nasty, scummy baseball field to have the sex. I don't understand. You don't have a home. You don't have a hotel. It's yucky. Or just the back of the car. I mean, honestly, have some class. <laughs> I was just so grossed out. But then, but then he's just gone out of the movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was quick. We're just going to move on from that. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the most weird thing about this movie, I guess, is kind of what you were saying, Scott, is that like there really isn't a plot necessarily. It's just kind of like chilling with these characters, which is fine. It's like a hangout movie. But the problem with this environment with that is that like you do these pretty majorly horrible or major things and then you just move on like it's nothing. <laughs> like it's weird. I don't know. It, I had a very uncomfy feeling after that. He even knows because he's like... He keeps asking her, how old is she? I'm like, you fucking know she's not 18, sir. He's like, are you sure you're 19? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm 19. You're literally like with that voice too. It's like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, she also has her friend who also tells her like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I do it all the time. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, that was another... Th okay, so we also in this like opening part, we meet Stacy's best friend, Linda, who's played by Phoebe Cates. And she has a whole running thing throughout the movie with this like mysterious boyfriend who we never meet, but he's like an older guy. Blah, 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 blah. She keeps talking about him and like kind of almost like puffing it up. And I was like, oh, it's going to come out at the end that like she's really not the big slut that ever, like that she claims to be. And she's never had a boyfriend. And this boyfriend that she made up like it's totally not real. And like they never really did anything with that. I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I actually glad you brought that up because I felt like she was like totally lying about this boyfriend, yeah. you know, like, like the boyfriend didn't exist, especially like later on when they were talking about like, how long does he last? That scene was totally ridiculous, right? But Jennifer Jason Leigh and, and Phoebe Cates was for my generation, the Marianne and Ginger of G Gilligan's <laughs> Island. You know, which one, which one is better looking? Which one would you like, you know, want to date, you know, and you know, and for me, it was always Jennifer Jason Leigh. Although, you know, other guys will be like, oh, no, Phoebe Cates is like the hot. It was a battle. It was a battle when we were kids. <laughs> it was the Edward and Jacob of their generation. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Also, in this opening montage, we do meet Judge Reinhold. Yes. who He plays Stacy's brother, Brad. What I found really interesting and 
I've never been happier to say that they didn't go with this casting choice. There was someone considered for that role of Brad Hamilton, Tom Hanks, which I, I don't know about you guys, but I could go my whole life without ever seeing on film Tom Hanks jerking off in a bathroom. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good. Okay, for all of you people who are <laughs> listening, something you never thought you'd hear your daughter-in-law say. But that's yeah, fine. definitely not. <laughs> oh my god! So for all of you listening, we're doing a Zoom call with my father right now, and this it's hysterical because he's in the middle of drinking, and my <laughs> Frankie says that, and he nearly. Spit. I broke my father-in-law. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he nearly spit all over the computer. It was so funny. Oh god. It's fine. Listen, we all know what we're watching here, okay? It's going to be very hard to avoid sexual conversations in this movie. Uh, 90% of the movie is sex. <laughs> so, Brad Hamilton is kind of like... An asshole. He's an asshole, but he's the big shot of all the... He's a nerdy guy who's the big shot of the nerds. He's the fucking manager at a burger joint. He ain't shit. The biggest laugh that I got out of this movie, I got from Judge Reinhold... In the beginning of this movie, he's like, I'm the big shot senior in high school and I need to be free. So I'm going to break up with my girlfriend because I need to be free and available for all the sexy bitches. And, <laughs> and he's just like practicing his breakup in the mirror at the burger place and he, as he's cleaning the bathrooms. And on the mirror of the bathroom is a big graffiti that says big hairy pussy or something. And as he's saying, like, I'm a big successful guy, duh, 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 just reflecting back at him is big pussy. <laughs> that was my only out loud laughter in this whole movie. <laughs> he runs into Spicoli, who has taken off his shirt. And we get his line to Spicoli, no shirt, no shoes, no dice. We meet Rat. And we meet the Moan. Both awful. Rat's probably the least awful, but he's just stupid. I don't like, I hate everybody. Have I made that clear? I don't like anybody. I'm feeling kind of like, like attacked right now. Cause I'm like, I can relate to Rat. That was kind of me in high school. I was like, oh. no. <laughs> and she's like, I hated Rat. The only reason why I didn't like Rat. Cause okay. Rat is the nicest one. He's just stupid because he is, for some reason, constantly taking advice from Damone on anything. Like, and everything. I don't understand. Like, have you ever seen Damone with a woman? He talks a lot of shit. Have you ever actually seen him with a woman? Is his name really Damone or is it Damon? That's what I also want to know. I don't trust you, sir. You think Damone sounds cooler? Fuck you. <laughs> I felt like Damone's character represented like an aspect of that society especially with the scalping of the tickets right because that was like his like side gig scalping tickets and finding the cool guy in school or even because you know he really wasn't cool but he acted cool that was a very very real thing all the people who seem to come to him for scalping tickets seem to all be like 10 yeah they're all like little kids <laughs> But that's what I mean. Like, okay, this guy's your friend. So you should know whether he's full of shit or not. Like, <laughs> the only people he hangs out with is you and 10-year-old children. Like, that should give you a clue that he's not as cool as he thinks. So we start the first day of classes and we meet Mr. Hand. He is the authoritative structure. You have to be on time to his class and listen and do everything he says 
and that is immediately disrupted by Spicoli. Dad, now you are both sides of this coin, or have been both sides of this coin. Whether it was making out with a girl in the school bathroom to avoid the math test, or... Oh, so it wasn't even for, like, the fun of being with someone. It was to avoid a test. <laughs> oh, that's that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. So whether it was that side of the coin or now, being the educator that you are, it's got to be an interesting duality for you seeing these two buttheads. Oh, 100%. And I got to tell you, especially looking at the movie now, my favorite scene interactions are, are between Mr. Han and, and, and Spicoli. To me, Mr. Han is a classic representation of educational issues that are going on. And not just then, but now. And like the possibility for education. Like he's frustrated with the kids. You know, at the end of the movie, he's, he's convinced that every kid is on dope, right? When I was younger, I was the kid in high school that did... I. I wanted to be Spicoli, right? So everybody was calling me Spicoli. So I literally did order the pizza pie to physics class purposely to get in trouble. You know, I think about it now and I would probably like be irate if my kids like ordered a pizza pie to my class or, and I probably would joke it off like Mr. Han and be like, okay, cool. Like we're all sharing the pizza. Again, it was an issue that they kind of put their toe into and they didn't go into it even, even deeper. Looking at him now, I thought his character was like incredibly genius. I just remember them making fun of this trope in South Park where Cartman somehow weasels his way to become a teacher. And he goes, how do I reach these kids? There's a lot of random things that happen in this movie. They do have like a blowjob conversation. <laughs> they practice giving blowjobs on carrots in the middle of the cafeteria. It's fucking gross like what the fuck it's a full cafeteria now is the time now is the time to whip out carrots and just go to town like are we being serious for some reason unbeknownst to me when people were like you have to see this movie you have to see the movie it was watch the carrot scene like that was like that was the that was the word on the street like out of everything in that movie it wasn't about oh my god there's this cool pothead and spicoli and pizza and Mr. it was like you have to see this movie for the carrot scene it's like american pie where people were like oh he sticks his dick in a pie <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> so we go back to judge reinhold at a later date where he, as Frankie said, he talks a very big game that he's going to break up with his girlfriend. And then she ends up breaking up with him. <laughs> literally taking the words out of his mouth and using them on him. Ha 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 ha. That's what she get. Although the girlfriend probably actually meant it when she, when she said it, but he was practicing those lines. But then later you find out that he just wanted to break up with her because she wouldn't put out. <laughs> Which is like, okay, that just makes you even more awful than you were five minutes ago. Great. <laughs> While Judge Reinhold is having his worst day ever, he covers on the register for one of his fellow employees and gets into an argument with one of the customers who's being kind of an asshole. And Judge Reinhold snaps at him and he gets fired from his job at All-American Burger. I gotta say, as someone who's worked both in the food industry and in the retail industry, um, I felt that whole exchange to the very core of my soul. <laughs> But yeah, Brad gets done dirty here. Yeah, and then he ends up working at like an even more embarrassing food establishment where he has to wear like the ugliest uniform I've ever seen. Yeah, he looks like the pirate from the beginning of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes. Are y'all ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! 
I can't hear you. And then he goes to make a delivery at some point for that restaurant and he has to go in his own car so he takes off the uniform to like put normal clothes on and the manager's like what the fuck are you doing put the damn uniform back on you have to wear the hat and everything he's like but i'm just going in the car like can i just not he's like no you're representing yoho silver or whatever the fuck the name (laughs) stupid fucking name of the restaurant was but then he did like the coolest thing because he got so pissed off and like he was trying to flirt with a girl in another car and she was like laughing at him because he looks ridiculous and then he just did what every retail food service employee ever wants to do in all their life and i know because i've done it he literally just like threw off the uniform like the hat threw it out of the car window and then took all the food threw it out the fucking window i was like yes girl i love the scene right before he meets the girl and he tries the food and he was like oh this is gross (laughs) he spits it out disgusting what the fuck is this (laughs) So we do cut to Christmas where Rat finally gets the courage to go ask out Stacy. And it's very funny because Rat does, can I have your number so I can ask you out on a date? I'm like, can't you just ask her out on a date? Yeah, you, were, you were harping on that. He was trying to be smooth. Rat's not the, smooth. The boy was just trying to be smooth. Be like, I'll call you sometime, you know, like trying to be aloof. Well, yeah, because Damone does tell him to play it. Very aloof. Like. I'm not calling him. Dem- That's the stupidest fucking. I'm calling him Damon. Fuck this. It's <laughs> the stupidest name I've ever heard in my life. Damone. I'm sorry if there's anyone out there in the universe actually named Damone, but like that's dumb. <laughs> Damone goes through his rules of like picking her up, or or is it the rules of how to act on the date? Oh yeah, his, that was stupid. His too. five point plan. That's how you know he's never had sex. Because <laughs> when. Rat takes her on the date. One of his big things is, oh, play side one of Led Zeppelin 4. Oh, my God. I wanted to die. <laughs> I love that. First of all, like the music references throughout the entire movie, not just the soundtrack, was like, I just thought phenomenal. It was, it was very awkward. You could feel the awkwardness. Yeah, because you <laughs> see palpable. The two of them sitting in the car, driving to the restaurant, listening to Led Zeppelin 4. Like, like it, turn it down a little. And then the whole thing with the wallet was just like awful. Yes, because so at this date, they're at a sausage restaurant. They're like it's like a German themed restaurant, I guess. I don't know. It's an odd choice for a first date, but I'll let it go. Well, I'll but- allow it. <laughs> But Rat forgets his wallet because Rat, as Frankie has also said, is a doof. (laughs) But like, okay, he makes like a big deal out of it. He calls Damon and he tries to get Damon to bring the wallet and Damon takes his sweet fucking time bringing the wallet, which just proves further how much of an asshole he is. But okay, whatever. But like, if you had just said, oh shit, I forgot my wallet at home. Like, I don't think she would have been mad about that. I think she would have just been like, oh, it's okay. No big deal. Like, and then he could have went and called the guy and like, can you just bring my wallet? Like, I don't think she would have been upset about it. Yeah, because when Damone comes in with the wallet after making like, oh, you know, man, I'm kind of busy. And then he comes with the wallet. He immediately is like smitten with Stacy. Oh, yeah, he immediately starts eyeing her up and down, and then he just, like, throws the wallet on the table. I'm like, dude. He makes, like, this big show of it. Oh, like, dude, man, your wallet, like. Fucking asshole. Like, he, like dude, you could have just been like, 
yo man come here here's your wallet but yeah legit though in that scene the second he starts damon starts looking at stacy i'm like you motherfucker you're gonna have sex with her aren't you <laughs> i'm like you piece of shit uh, <laughs> saw that coming a mile off and i was I, at that point though i was so over everyone in this movie i just i i didn't care i was like of course you're gonna have sex with her because she's the only girl that your friend is actually interested in so of course you're gonna have sex with her like it's just i can't also during this time we do cut to spicoli who has stolen forrest whitaker's car Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention Forrest Whitaker, like his role in this movie. Yeah, so Forrest Whitaker, it plays Charles. He's this big hulking football player. He's like the star of the football team. Little baby-faced Forrest Whitaker. Spicoli borrows his car and ends up crashing the car. And Spicoli's like, I can fix it. I can fix it. It's fine. I got tools in my toolbox at home. It's fine. I can fix it. And then the next scene... They cut to the next day at school, and Forrest Whitaker's car is parked in front of the school, covered in the Cougars, which is the rival team or whatever it is. And it's so funny because they cut to like Forrest Whitaker, who is like gets his angry face, and they cut to the football game where he's like killing people. <laughs> it's like the fucking guy from Dodgeball. It's like, come on, get mad, and then he starts like killing people with dodgeballs. That was the one scene though that I did get a little bit of a laugh at, like when he's when he crashes the the, the Z twenty eight, and um the 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 kid's like, yo, my cousin's gonna shit, right? And he's like, he's gonna kill us, and this Macaulay goes like, make up your mind, man, is he gonna shit or is he gonna kill us? <laughs> and I busted out laughing. That scene still makes me laugh. <laughs> so Stacy, after her date with Rat, invites Rat into her house. She basically is wearing a neon sign that says, please have sex with me, Rat. <laughs> please, oh, please have sex with me. And he like chickens out and leaves. And I get it. Like, I don't. Oh, well, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't get like, he, but he clearly panics. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, isn't this what she wanted? <laughs> Well, yeah, this is what he wants, but he's also... A chicken shit. He's a chicken shit. But then she thinks, like, oh, he's not really interested in me, I guess. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he's, like, the only one that won't take advantage of you and treat you like shit. Like, at least give him a chance. Yeah, he's willing to actually sit in your bedroom and look at your photo album with you. Yeah, that was stupid, too. I'm like, honey, he don't give a fuck about your pictures. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we playing this silly game? Later on... She's swimming in her pool with Linda. Uh, the famous scene. Yes. The, uh, the very two two points of this that become very famous. Rat and Damone come over just because. Mm -hmm. Because Damone wants to get in Stacy's pants, obviously. Brad also comes home. Oh, my God. The second he walked in the door, he's like depressed because his life sucks, which I mean, welcome to adolescence, bro. He walks in the house and Linda says to Stacy, like, oh, wow, he's really in a bad place right now, huh? And, da, da, da. and <laughs> I the second that whole interaction happened, I was like, oh, God, he's going to go in there and like check off to Linda. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, five minutes later, I was like, oh, my God, I must be psychic. <laughs> But yeah, I, that was, oh my god, it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, this scene has been parodied a lot. I think Phoebe Cates got, like, catapulted into, like, some sort of sex goddess idea, 
you know, between the carrot scene and, and, and that pool scene. Also, I thought after that whole sequence, his whole arc was going to end with like him and Linda getting together because I thought it was going to come out Linda's boyfriend's fake. He actually genuinely likes Linda and then they're going to get together. That's what I thought was going to happen, but it didn't happen. <laughs> we think exactly alike. That's what I wanted. Now we cut back to the school where Stacy's having problems with her locker. and Who comes to sit- help her? But Damone. I hate this person. Like, there, how many fucking women in this goddamn school? You have to go for the one, the one girl that your friend, who I, like, struggle to call Rat his friend, because, like, who would do that if you're a friend? Whatever. But, like, you have to go for Stacy. You just have to, because you're a little slut. Well, like, don't get me wrong. There are guys who both like the same girl who are friends. Correct. That there's always that- But I would argue that one of them usually will call dibs and then the other one respects that. Well, yeah, you usually you're supposed to have a conversation about that. There's supposed to be a guy code, I thought. Maybe I'm incorrect, but I I, I had a I had a best friend guy in, in school and I, I remember one particular girl that I really, really liked that I was hanging out with. Um, and he ended up liking her and we had a conversation and I said he was really, really into her. And so was I. And I was already kind of with her, but I, I backed off. I let, I let him, I let him, and he dated her for a couple of years. Well, even still, but that was the right thing to do. You both had the conversation about it. Yeah. You're not Damone, obviously. So <laughs> no, I'm definitely not Damone. <laughs> I mean, who, who is I, I shudder to think that there's a fucking Damone out there in the world. <laughs> Just walking around on two legs, like ew. So Stacy, basically, like, okay, Damone, come to my house, and they have sex in the pool house during their uh, their tryst. Somehow that makes it sound grosser. <laughs> I don't know how, but it does. Damone just has that power, I guess. Yeah, Damone comes in. Stacy. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, that was too perfect. You just paused for too long. Don't you love that this is the episode I picked it? Actually, I can't process that right now. Like, this is what he thinks of when he thinks of me. This isn't what I think of when I think of you. <laughs> for the audience, I'm actually really trying to intellectualize this. <laughs> we're trying, and we're ruining it with our filthy, smutty talk. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so, from this, Stacy gets pregnant. Oh, that I also saw coming a mile away. Because the second she went up to him and was like, we got to talk. I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't take any more of this. And another great music scene. Because, like, Damone is sitting there singing the Dream Police on the bleachers. I hate him so much. But I was like, oh, okay. So he screwed around with his friend's girl kind of and like got her pregnant that's that's as bad as it's gonna get i no i was so wrong (laughs) i was so wrong i've never been more wrong he's just horrible he's so horrible that he makes other people in the movie who before i thought were horrible look decent (laughs) which we're gonna get to right now so explain what happens so stacy walks up to the moan as we said and tells him she's pregnant of course we get the typical douche line oh how do you know it's mine because you're a slut basically right so you know it could be anybody's okay fuck you 
she's like, I'm getting an abortion. Can you pay for half of it? And he's like, okay, fine. And this brings up the fact that my dad brought up earlier. Damone is probably the worst scalper because he can't get any of the money that people apparently owe him. Yeah, so in, instead of in this situation where he's like, fuck, I don't have the money. Instead of saying to Stacey, look, I'm really sorry, but can you come up with the rest of the money and I'll pay you back or something? And I'll still drive you there and I'll, I'll, I'll be there with you. Don't worry. No, he just decides he's not going to show up and leave her standing outside her house waiting for him and basically make her go by herself to get this procedure done and not acknowledge her at all. He's an asshole. So I wanted to kill this person. (laughs) And the reason I said it makes other people who were previously awful look better is she tells Linda about this whole thing and she's like furious and like, what a little prick. And then she proceeds to spray paint Damone's car as well as his locker with little prick, (laughs) which made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside because that's what I would do as a best friend, not gonna lie. Throughout all this, this does also make Brad look good. She does go to Brad and say, oh, my friends are going bowling. And he's like, can you give me a ride? Brad's like, sure, no problem. Brad drives her to the bowling alley. She's waiting for Brad to pull away and then sneaks off to the clinic. But Brad notices that through his rearview mirror. And he then decides to wait for her at the clinic. And he does the good big brother kind of stuff here. A hundred percent. Like he won, he won me over there. And I think we have to give Cam and Crow and Amy Heckerling credit here. Like we have to really, you know, mention that for the time, like this was, this was bold to like even tackle the abortion issue. It wasn't done. It, it wasn't discussed and it definitely wasn't captured in a teen film, which I think is why like now looking back, it looks really, really poorly done because we've tackled that issue, you know, many times over in many movies and, 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 and done very, very well. But this was like a brave leap into like saying, Hey, listen, like we're going to, we want to paint the movie. That's really reality of what teens are going through breakups and sex and finding their way. And, not using protection. I thought because he, he asked her who who was it, and he, she didn't tell him. But I thought she was gonna tell him eventually, and then he was gonna go beat the shit out of Damone, <laughs> which would have made me just happier than a pig and shit. But it didn't happen. Well, Rat does come in here ready to fight Damone in the shower, in the gym locker room. He's like, "What did you do to Stacy, you son of a bitch?" He eventually forgives Damone, which him. For lack of a better word, forgiving Stacy, I could see much easier because, like, they weren't actually dating and, like, they just went on in one date and, like, they weren't exactly together or anything. But, like, that's his friend. <laughs> that's his buddy who earlier was giving him advice on courting Stacy and then you just have sex with her, knock her up, and ditch her. Like, that's yucky (laughs) why would you and like clearly i don't know if he's exactly learned anything from the situation by the end so i don't really know i don't know if i would forgive him nope nope (laughs) probably not we cut back to because i've been jumping around the story uh we do get the pizza scene in mr hand's class oh my god when spicoli gets the pizza ordered to the classroom he's like so proud of himself and then when han takes it and starts dividing it the look on spicoli's face (laughs) it's just like someone just shot his puppy or something 
that's when I went back to kind of liking him again. And then I think by the end, I just didn't care. <laughs> a pizza pie costing like $1.75 or something. Like, I'm like, damn, man. A whole fucking pie costed like two bucks. Oh, what what a magical time the 80s was. <laughs> we get to the end where we have a dance. There is, of course, a dance at the end of the year. Every high school movie, there's got to be some kind of culminating Ch- dancing. Like It's the enchantment of the sea dance. <laughs> And Mr. Hand goes to Spicoli's house. This whole thing, I was questioning the legality of this whole situation because, okay, (laughs) he goes to fucking Spicoli's house and he's just like, well, you wasted eight hours of my time in my class, Spicoli, so we're going to sit here in your room together for eight hours and I'm going to talk your ear off about history. And I'm like, I think this is wrongful imprisonment, perhaps kidnapping. I don't think you can do this. It could not have been eight hours. Like, the time structure of that scene was way off because Spicoli was getting ready for that dance. Yeah, and then by the end of this whole interaction with Mr. Han, he ends up going to the dance anyway. So I'm like, none of that mattered. But I guess they needed that scene to prove that, like, although I don't I don't agree with your methods, Spicoli, I respect you. <laughs> that's basically what the fucking... That's what it felt like to me. The dance goes off. Everybody's happy. Damone's forgiven for his transgressions. Ugh. It's not like he, you know, just, oh, fuck. I don't even care. <laughs> like, it's not like he forgot to hold her chair out for her or something. <laughs> or he showed up a little late for a date. He, like, he knocked this girl up and then left her in the lurch. <laughs> and then he never apologized to her. No, he never apologized to he her. He never apologized. He apologized to Rat, but he didn't apologize to her. Which makes zero sense to me. Okay, like, I get it. You have you owe Brad an apology, too. But, like, primarily, I would say you owe Stacy an apology. You know how they always say, like, the book is better? Like, I'm wondering if they covered any of this in the book. I know. I kind of want to get the book now. It'd be a very interesting read. But I could see why this would be a good idea for a TV show. It's kind of like if we were focusing on the entire school of Degrassi. Yeah, it's like a raunchier version of Degrassi, basically. And Uh, just grimier. Like, the whole movie, I felt like, had a a certain grime, like, over... It's like someone wiped over the camera lens with, like, McDonald's grease. So, we're at the end of this movie. Stacy and Rat are getting back together. And we get our final scene in the movie. Oh, my God, this ending was bizarre. (laughs) Brad is working at... A 7-Eleven type establishment. Spicoli comes in to buy a beverage. They kind of have a little energetic moment where, because there was always this like battle between Brad and Spicoli, but they kind of like bonded for a second. Brad's like, why don't you like get a job or something like that? Or Yeah, Brad's trying to give Spicoli fatherly advice. And what did he say? Spicoli was like, I, why would I need to get a job? Yeah, why, why Something would, like that. Like, I, like, I don't, why would I need to get a job? I'm good. I'm good, man. <laughs> so this leads to some guy coming in trying to rob the store. And Brad's freaking out because there's a gun pointed in his face. He's like, dude, I just started working here. Like, I don't know. And Brad ends up throwing the chips at the guy, disarming him, getting the gun and pointing it at the guy. Uh-huh. And then Spicoli is just standing there like, oh, dude, awesome. And then the movie's over. 
And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's what that's what we're ending after all of this. After all of this, that's how we're ending on a fucking <laughs> attempted robbery. <laughs> like, why? Why are we doing that? It, it, and like, no aftermath at all. Just like robbery, and then end credits, and like, where are they now? Little blurbs. And I'm like, wait. I feel like we missed something. <laughs> you're right. It does. It's awkwardly put. Like, it's kind of just like forced in. Where the final scene really should have been like Stacy and Rat coming together and like yeah or 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 Damone apologizing to Stacy that would have been a great ending or Linda and Brad getting together I'm coming up with better ideas just as I'm sitting here in my pajamas right instead Linda ends up with her her psych professor so they totally like continue oh, yeah, to crash her true. like character but I love that scene that that tagline scene about Van Halen because. That was so beautifully put. And I actually did write about this in my book, Beautiful Souls. Like, I remember, like, wanting to know, like, who Van Halen was at that age, because everybody was talking about Van Halen. Like, Van Halen was, like, the band to discover, to follow. If you were kind of, like, just getting into rock and roll, like, this is pre, like, 80s metal, pre-Bon Jovi, like... Van Halen was the band. So to see this pothead stone a guy get reward money and hire Van Halen was like, it was the perfect capture storyline of that time period for sure. Yeah, so we get the, where are they now? Rat and Stacy stay together, but they've never had sex. Brad becomes the manager of the store that he stopped the robbery in. Damone gets arrested. Jackass. Linda, as we say, gets with her psych professor. And Spicoli saves Brooke Shields and gets to hire Van Halen. And that's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So, um, how did we rate it? <laughs> um, it's very funny because, yes, the last time I probably watched this movie was probably over 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, you changed your rating because you had this at something else. And then. Yeah, I initially had this at like a four. And I dropped it down to a three because it is very much all over the place. And as Frankie said, the characters, most of them are kind of unlikable. It's funny that this is the high school movie that has kind of persisted through the years. Like a lot of people always say, oh, you got to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, it's like Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Fast Times, Ferris Bueller, like, these are, the, like, the movies that have continued to live on and right, not been yeah. forgotten. Even reading in the three, I thought it's still pretty good. It's not great, but it's good. I feel like maybe, uh, maybe I'm only saying this because I'm kind of removed from the hype of the movie. But I feel like if there was going to be an 80s movie that got a reboot of some kind or a remake... I wouldn't be mad if they tried to do this again because you could probably do it better. <laughs> I feel like there's much to be improved upon. Oh, 100%. I would love to see with, with, with the way we tell stories now and the way stories have evolved in, in movies, I would love to see this movie done. I think I agree with, with Scott. I would, probably, I would probably rate this around a three. Like, is it a good movie? It's, it's actually not a great movie at all. It's not a well-told story, right? But, you know, I can see why it's in the National Archives. Like, there's a lot in this movie that that as a teenager, 
I wanted to emulate and that this movie still like captures culturally well. Obviously, I'm a big music person, right? You know, so like the 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 soundtrack and and the references, you know, the Eagles, Pat Benatar, Jackson Brown, Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was just so like perfectly done. The graffiti, the issues that were coming to light, like. These were really, really important, important issues that nobody knew how to tackle yet. They knew they had to be tackled. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised because I thought, you know, I, I thought I was going to get more shit for my rating. But seeing as how you guys are at three, I feel like the fact that I'm at 2.5 is not going to be as big of a deal. I didn't like this movie. I'm bummed that I didn't like it. There, It wasn't all horrible i would say like maybe 95 percent of it was horrible though (laughs) like the soundtrack and the one or two moments of people not being pieces of shit made it okay but most of it was just bad (laughs) again i don't know i going into this i thought it was going to be a comedy but there really were not many yucks to be had (laughs) it's definitely interesting looking at the sex coming of age movies, movies like Meatballs, which no one talks about anymore because that's a weird movie to watch now. And Porky's 2 is also very weird to watch now. To like Fast Times, to American Pie even, and like all the movies like we grew up on that were like this kind of idea. I mean, those movies, I mean, even American Pie and this, I would say, don't age well, typically. They tend to not. They tend to have issues because you look back at them, and you're like, Ugh, um, mm, that's 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 problematic now. It's weird because um, I know American Pie was like intended to be like a comedy. Like that was like purposely written to be a comedy. And even though comedy is slapped onto Fast Times, like they should take the word comedy off. It's really a coming of age story for the for that reason. Thank you so much for being on, Dad. We'll have you on for another movie at some other point. That's not as sexually explicit. That's not as sexually explicit. <laughs> um, you you know what movie I want to do, so. <laughs> that's true. There, there there are a couple on the list. We would love you to plug your podcast and also your book, so please do. Oh, thank you. So, yes, I, I, I have a, a, a podcast called The NEU, anchor.fm slash The NEU. We interview people that are doing like fascinating things in the world and we take a little bit of a different angle. We try to get to understand the NAU, like what's really going on on the inside. So those are fun. Um, Not as professional as you guys. You guys rock. And I do have a book uh, called Beautiful Souls that is out. It is as long as War and Peace. And I'll actually announce it on your show for the first time. The book is going to be coming off the shelf in about a month and it's being re-released as a series with uh, new material never read before. So it's going to be a four book series. Thank you so much for being on. Yay. We will have you on again, of course. It won't take another 99 episodes to have you on again. Yes, (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) And speaking of 99 episodes, next week is a very special day. Yes. Because it is our 100th episode and also it's the start of our new monthly series to finish out 2021. We have four more months 
to get through. So four more movies. Who who could say what movie series we will be tackling next? There are two great ones and two yeah, ones. Well, we'll find out next week what Scott means by that. <laughs> but um, until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Eisenberg. And I'm Hal Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our amazing, splendiferous movie adventure. No shirt, no shoes, no dice. <laughs> totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs>